0: Burnout. That special day, sometime in your career, when you figure out that 40 hours a week pays the same as 80 hours a week. One night, there was two law students who are busy studying for an important exam to be held three days later. However, they are burnout. One of the boys thinks that studying any further is futile, and that they should drive tomorrow out of state, meet his cousin, party like there's no tomorrow, drive back for one more day, and be in time for the exam the day after. His colleague agrees they both pack their backpacks and go to sleep. The next day, they drive out of the city, meet with the cousin, take some drugs, and party like there's no tomorrow in a strip club. The next day, however, they are so wasted that one more day passes before they can recover. They rush back home, driving like maniacs, but it's too late. The professor wouldn't let them take an exam unless they have a good alibi. Thankfully, however, the students are smart and had agreed to an alibi beforehand. One of them says, sir, we were driving back home when we spotted an old lady with a flat tire. The other continues, we felt so sorry for her, then saw that we had identical tires, so we changed one of her, of her tires for one of ours. The professor is moved and agrees to give them an exam tomorrow. Happy with their victory, they study hard that night until they are confident they will ace any exam. When they approach the professor, he gives them both a piece of paper and then proceeds to lead them to two separate rooms. At the same time, both get a horrible feeling in their stomach. There is only one question. Which tire? (laughs) I have been at the company I'm at for going on 33 years. And over that time, we've had a few times when the lights went out. The power went off. We lost our lights. And I'm in a business of repairing electronics. So you have to have electricity. But thankfully, the power would be off just for a very short time, maybe 10, 15 minutes, 30 minutes at the most and we'd be back up and going, and we'd be back at work. Well, as time has gone on, the time that it takes for the power to come back on has grown to where we've actually had to send the crew home for the day because they weren't expecting to get the power back on until late that night. So, as companies do, we talked about well, what is it we need to do, and so we was decided we're going to get a generator, and we're going to install a generator. That way, when the power goes off, our lights will stay on. And the benches will stay powered up, and the guys can continue to do their work, and they'll have to be sent home. So we had a generator installed. Got it all ready. They tested it. Everything was wonderful. Two months after they had installed it, our lights went off. The generator kicked in. The lights came back on. And then the generator failed. So even with all of our planning, the lights still went out on us. People often face times in their lives when their lights go off. They burn out. They get tired of their jobs. They get tired of people. They get tired of family. They get tired of their kids. They get tired of their spouse. And worst of all, some people get tired and burn out on God. Miriam websters definition of burnout is exhaustion of physical or emotional strength or motivation, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. God's people are a prime target for burnout because our calling involves self-sacrifice, commitment, and going beyond what most other people will do. Are you burning out? Is your light dimming? If it is, you would not be alone. Many brethren face times when their lights dim. Some even allow their lights to completely go out. I want to talk about burnout for a Christian and how to avoid it and how to crank up our generators to help us shine brightly even when there is darkness all around us. People will quit their jobs if they burn out. People will quit life if they are severely burned out. Some will leave the church and God because they get burned out and give up. They allow their lights to go out and become consumed by the darkness. Freddie talked about commitment and that once you put your hand to the plow, we shouldn't be looking back. It is a commitment that we make. and It's a commitment that we must move forward with continuously. But life has a way of beating us down. But the truth of it is, there is no quitting God. You cannot quit God. And we are told before we accept God's calling that it is a race that we must endure. We are told to count the cost beforehand because it is a lifetime commitment. Luke chapter 14, verse 27 and 28. Luke chapter 14 verse 27 and 28. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he hath sufficient to finish it. So we're told before we make the commitment, we have to count the cost. God tells us what the cost is. We know going into it what it is that's expected of us. And as Freddie said, it's not an easy road. But once you commit to it, you're committed to going down that road and going to the end. And you see, we know what's at the end. That's part of that that encourages us because we look at the end of the road and we know what's there. I may not know what's coming around that bend. I was going to say when you were talking about that, I probably would just run straight off the road and go you know, straighten the road out through the weeds and stuff. But. but we don't know what's there. Except at the end, we know. Whatever the road entails, whatever's going on with the road, we know what's at the end of it. But we lose our focus. We lose the focus on what's at the end and we begin looking at the road. We begin looking at the potholes. We begin looking at the ditches. Especially if you find yourself over in the ditch or in the weeds. So how do I know if I'm burning out? If my light is dimming? What should I be looking for? Well, from my experience, the first sign is not keeping the Sabbath. attending church. From the people I know whose light went out, they stopped attending church on a regular basis. It started slow. Maybe once, maybe twice, then it was three times, then it was a month, then it was two months, and they just quit coming. And people would sit and go, I don't understand. Where did they go? I talked to them. Uh, They had this going on, had that going on, so you know they were just too busy to come to church. So, they just quit coming. And then before long, you don't hear from them anymore. They don't answer your calls when you call. Part of that's because I think there's guilt there. Their conscience is picking at them because you know you should be at church, and you're not. And I'm not calling to make you feel bad. I'm calling because I'm concerned. But they're like, I don't want to hear from you anymore because I quit. Church becomes a burden and interferes with your life. You no, no longer look forward to church each week and the fellowship. If you are not attending church, you are not keeping the Sabbath. Le, 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 Leviticus 23, chapter 23, verse 3. This is the contemporary English version. Leviticus 23, 3 says, You have six days when you can do your work but the seventh day of each week is holy because it belongs to me no matter where you live you must rest on the Sabbath and come together for worship. This law will never change. There's more than just resting on the Sabbath. There's meeting together with God's people on the Sabbath to keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath. It's two parts. Rest and be at church. If you're not at church, you're not keeping the Sabbath. I think a lot of people don't realize that. They're like, oh, but I stayed at home, slept on the couch. Well, that's fine. But you didn't assemble. You didn't come together and fellowship with your brethren. So you didn't keep the Sabbath. Because that's God's law. That's what He it says. It's two parts. And we tend to forget that. And so when you begin burning out, that's the first thing. Yeah, I don't feel like going to church. I'll pop a DVD in and I'll watch a DVD. And they feel, I'm keeping the Sabbath. But you see what's happening is they're burning out because they're not getting that fellowship which builds us up, which gives us that energy to continue on. And so they lose that because they're not fellowshipping. As that begins to wane that that the Sabbath is more of a burden than it is a joy, starts to affect their lives, support for the church begins to fall away. Tithing begins to slow or stop. People burning out lose interest in what the church is doing. They don't even care what the church is doing. They don't ask, What's the church doing? What have we done? Have we gotten any new responses? Has anybody called in? Have we had anybody interested in, in showing up? They don't care. They don't ask those questions because they're not interested in what the church is doing. They, become, they lose interest in the church's activity and in the lives of their brethren. They no longer even really care about the people they were attending church with. They don't say, hey, you know, you weren't at church today. Are you okay? Were you sick? Or how are you doing? Because they weren't at church themselves. How can they ask that question? So they really lose the interest in the brethren. They say, oh, did you hear that so-and-so was sick? No, I hadn't heard that. Like, well, no, I didn't hear that. What's wrong with them? Well, how are they doing? How's their recovery going? They don't ask those questions because they don't care anymore. They're losing that. They're burning out. So God's people are no longer important to them. They become very critical and negative about the church, its ministry, the other brethren, and in fellowship. They begin to push brethren away and sever their connections so it's easier to leave the church. Because if we're friends, it's going to be kind of hard to up and leave you. So I've got to push you away. I've got to break that connection. So I've got to get some distance between me and you so that I can carry out my plan, which is just to go off and quit God. Little bit by little bit, a person whose light is dimming will lose their first love even if they are still attending church, their hearts are not. There are those who still continue on in church, but their hearts are out of it. They're just doing what they feel other people think they should. And so they do it just to be able to say they're there. But they don't listen to the sermons. They don't pay any attention to it. They don't really fellowship. They don't grow their friendship with their brethren. They're just kind of there. So, in reality, their heart has already left, even though they're physically still here. Now, what I have described is pretty bad. And we look at these things and we say, well, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe I am starting to burn out. Maybe I'm having that burnout. What do I do about that burnout? We see, once again, God's Word is great because it actually tells us examples of people who burned out and what happened to them. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, verse 17. Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was like we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So here's Elijah. He's like praying for no rain, and the rain stops. He also was a man of God. He had a close relationship with God. He had a strong relationship with God. And God used him. But you go to 1 Kings chapter 18... And you read how Elijah faced 400 prophets of Baal. He stood alone before them, challenged and ridiculed them. Then as a servant of God performed a stunning miracle, the false prophets were arrested by the people and Elijah supervised their execution. It was a day that left its mark on the religion of Israel for many years. This was Elijah. This is what he did. He was a man of God. He worked with God destroyed 400 prophets of the false religion because God gave him the ability to do it. God performed the miracles and used Elijah. You think, wow, if only. I mean, if that could be me, if God would use me that way, how wonderful would that be? Well, things tend to have repercussions. So Queen Jezebel was furious at the destruction of her religion, determined to destroy Elijah and put a price on his head. Elijah had to flee to a barren wilderness where loneliness and weariness began to get the better of him. He came close to burning out. 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19 verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. And said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. He begged God to take his life. This man who was a prophet of God, this man had done God's work, was at the point where he said, God, kill me. He was at that point of burnout. Jeremiah had moments when his burden became very heavy, even after years of faithful service to God. Jeremiah chapter 20. Jeremiah chapter 20, beginning of verse 7. O Lord, Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. For I heard the defaming of many, fear on every side, Report, say they, and we will report it. All my familiars watched for my halting, saying, Peradventure, he will be enticed, and we shall prevail against him, and we shall take our revenge on him. Jeremiah, prophet of God, got to the point where he was ready to give up. I don't want to talk your word anymore. Every time I speak your word, things happen. They call me names. They talk behind my back. I don't want to speak your word anymore. But God said, Oh no. It was burning in Jeremiah. He wanted not to talk about it, but he had no choice. He had to because God was using him. But he wanted to run away. He wanted to get away. That's right. Exactly. So just like these men, we can become weary with our burdens and we are tempted to slip slip back into the world. Losing focus on the reward promised to those those who endure. Again, as I said, we're walking these roads of our lives and we know where we're going. We know what the end result is, but we lose focus because we start focusing on the immediate. We start focusing on the potholes. We start focusing on the problems that we're having in our lives. We start focusing on the way our family's treating us or or how friends are treating us. And we begin focusing on that rather than what the reward is if we continue doing what we're supposed to do. But thankfully, just like these men, God has not left us helpless in the face of burnout. Remember God's promise. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will with temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. God gives us promises. I don't know about you, but I'm not one that really likes to go around questioning God. If God tells me He's going to do something, I believe He's going to do it. Christ knows without help we have limits that would keep us from enduring and that is why we were given the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us. Christ lived the human life. He was human. He lived it. He has gone through the same troubles and things that we go through. He's experienced these things. He knows what it is to be human. He knows what it is to be tempted. He knows what it is to come close to burning out. And we don't think that about him, but he does. And so he knew that without the Holy Spirit, we couldn't make it. So he gave us the Holy Spirit to help guide us and to help pick us up and help motivate us to help us get through these times when we start feeling like we're going to burn out. the The Holy Spirit is God's power that he gives us to help us. It's our helpmate and reminding us to keep close to God in prayer and by keeping close to His law by obeying it. God's Spirit can then flow through us. It's like engine oil preventing the wear that leads to burnout. Would you neglect the maintenance of your car? Would you run your car without oil? Not if you expect to keep running. You know not to do it. You know you've got to put oil in it. Well, it's the same way with our spiritual lives. We have to put the Holy Spirit and help it grow in us and allow it to help us continue running. Just like the oil continues to keep our car engines running, God's Holy Spirit keeps us running. So we have to make sure we continuously strengthen it and putting it within us. There's one other way we can guard against burnout. Researchers found that in the helping professions, which have a high burnout, it's not inevitable. Some people in the helping professions keep on going year after year producing and they maintain a healthy attitude toward their work and toward those they serve. How do they cope? The researchers found that one thing these people had in common was the ability to share their feelings of weakness and frustration with others who understood. Successful doctors, policemen, and counselors, counselors will act as props for each other. They have learned how valuable this support can be. Christ knew that his fellow followers would need this kind of relationship. He made special provision for those who might find themselves lonely in the church. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, verse 29 verse 30. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. All that we face now is minuscule compared to what we have waiting for us. Those who finish the race, those who continue on, those who endure, nothing that you face now, no matter what the problem is, no matter what it is you go through, what's waiting for you causes everything else to pale in comparison. There was an article in the 1980, March 1980 Good News Magazine, and it was entitled, How You Can Avoid Christian Burnout. It said, it may sound simplistic, but one of the best defenses we have against burning out is the close friendships we can build with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Fellowship and friendship are not a substitute for the Holy Spirit in contact with God, but they are a supplement. Just as the Holy Spirit is a down payment or foretaste of what we shall eventually have, The friendships we can make now with each other can be a foretaste of the close spiritual family relationships we will share for all eternity. So a Christian is not helpless in the face of burnout. God called us to live forever. Why then should we self-destruct before our eternal life has even begun? Maybe there is just one time when a person is entitled to feel burned out. Mr. Armstrong, when describing how God brought him down to repentance, said that he came to realize that he was nothing but a burned-out hunk of junk. We can all identify with that, but that is before baptism, before that past is forgiven, and we are begotten with the Holy Spirit that gives life. From then on, life will still have its ups and downs, but it should never again collapse into helpless defeat but even so, the prophecies show that some of us will continue to burn out quietly, unexpectedly, giving up to become as useless and disappointing as a burned out light bulb. And tragically, it is happening even as God is using His church more strongly than ever before. And with the end of time closing in, with the world teetering on the brink of the Great Tribulation, and with Jesus Christ even now preparing for His return, you can almost hear God say, Why did that have to happen just now? Why did you have to burn out right now? You're so close. Why did it happen? Brethren, stay fast, endure, and take guard against burning out, because what good is a light that doesn't shine?